Hey, welcome into Stinky Truth Podcast. Alongside Mike Evans, I'm Mark Schlereth, Millennial Ben, producing the show. Uh, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner, bet with Bet Rivers. Also, stinkinggood.com. Check out the green chili and the queso dip. Michael, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm well. We got boy, we got a lot of ground to cover. Oh, uh, good. Let's, good. Let's jump right into it. Uh, I'm just going to bounce around here. Okay. Tom Brady. Where does Tom Brady play next year? I think it's a foregone conclusion that he plays. Just it just okay, seems. Let me let me stop. I'm right. reading the tea leaves. Okay. I think he plays. What about the, it, this? It feels like there's almost this. Um, probably coronation is not the right word. The the farewell aspect. See, I'm I'm so used to watching Brady when he loses. You know, trot off the field like a petulant child and go right to the locker room, not shake the other quarterback's hand. It's tradition in the NFL is you go over and you say, you know, it's like a little quarterback club, right? You go, hey, man, I recognize that you play quarterback. I recognize that you play quarterback. Really good game today. You had a nice completions. Yeah. All right. See you later. You know, you have that kind of conversation. But Brady was the one dude that would just trot off all frumpy, you know, disappointed um, and wouldn't go over and say hi to the other quarterback. Like in the game the other day, they lose the game to San Francisco. They get pummeled. He goes over and talks to Brock Purdy, you know, who – Think about it, the first probably nine years or ten years of, of Brock Purdy's life. Tom Brady was in the NFL, and he didn't even know who he was. He probably didn't start watching Tom Brady except for the last ten years of his life. Like, it's it's crazy because Purdy's, I think, 23 years old, and Brady's been in the league for 40 years now. So, um, but, you know, he goes over and says hi to him. Drake Greenlaw intercepts the ball, and he takes it over to Tom Brady, and Pr- Brady signs it. You know, and even says on his podcast, you know, like, what am I supposed to do? I'm trying to be gracious. Uh, yeah, it sucked, but, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not going to not sign it. So there there feels like it's almost part of it is a farewell tour. Maybe it's a farewell tour in Tampa. Um, and then part of me just believes he's going to play again. So Can I give you a number, a stat? Yes. That might help change your mind? Yeah. I, I if I'm a gambling man. I would put money that he plays again. Not okay. not in Tampa, but I think he's going to play again. But there it does that part of me that just feels like maybe he's just, this is a little farewell tour. Tom Brady threw the ball 719 times last year, a career high. Uh-huh. 719 times he threw it. Yeah. He's on pace to throw it 757 times this year. Mark, almost 800 passes. Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with this guy's arm. He still has elite arm talent. Mm-hmm. And I... Look at where he is in life right now. I, I I just don't think there's anything that's keeping him really from continuing to play football. So I think he plays next year. Now the question is where. Okay, so where I'm going to you... give you three options. Okay. 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 A return to New England, which Rob Gronkowski added some fuel to that fire by saying, "Absolutely, I could see that happening." San Francisco, a homecoming with the idea that San Francisco falls short this year. With Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo and, hey, bring Tom Brady mm-hmm. home for a chance mm-hmm. to win a Super Bowl. Or, and here's my dark horse favorite, Vegas. Because with Josh McDaniels still there, Dave Ziegler, the uh, GM, Derek Carr is easy to get out from underneath his contract after this year. How about a Josh McDaniels-Tom Brady reunion in Vegas? Wow. Wow. Now, that you're sell- if you're in Vegas, you're selling out. You're like, we're going all the way. This is what sure. we're going to do. Sure. Um, they wouldn't be the first. No. Tom Brady with, you know, when when was the last time, well, last they won in Tampa with Mike Evans and, and obviously Chris Godwin. They had, those are elite players, but 
Tom Brady with Devontae Adams? Come on. How much and and can they get, you know, can they get uh Josh what, what's the kid's name? Josh Jacobs? Josh uh, Jacobs, get him signed. Get him re signed. Get Darren Waller back. Waller Hunter oh. Renfro. Dude, that could be that could be that could be spell. I I like that. Now it, that would be I like that dark horse favorite. There's something about me that just feels like Aaron Rodgers is not playing in Green Bay next year, but he's going to play in maybe San Francisco. Okay, you sure? Because the last time you had big Aaron Rodgers news. Well, that this is just my opinion. I know. But last time, last time I had sources. Okay, uh, so I just feeling. learned not to go with my sources. But you were making Aaron Rodgers news again. I'm Everybody. not making Aaron. You're, I'm just saying. You're saying your gut feeling is he's in San Francisco next year. I just year. yeah. It's like my my gut is that. My gut is that it's time it's it's time for Jordan Love. And that they're gonna that that they're gonna mutually agree to to part and that Aaron is gonna be in San Fran. I don't and I don't have any information. I just that's my my that's what I feel. Boy, what a blockbuster offseason that, that would, would be that would be incredible, right? And then Tom, I like Tom. I like Tom to the Raiders unless Papa Bear comes calling. Papa Bear? Yeah, Robert Kraft. Papa Bear Bear says, come home. It's like the prodigal son. Tom's second dad. Yeah, the prodigal son. It's uh, son. You know, he's going to kill a fatted calf, drape him in robes. He's back. Our son is back. What about Mac? What about Squishy Mac? Last seen screaming again at Matt Patricia. Yeah. You're just going to sit on the papal knee. Of Tom Brady. Just learn from the goat, son. Yeah. I could just see I could just see it Boy, all. Mac would love that. Yes. Mac plus, would really love that, huh? Plus, if Robert Kraft is flying his private jet to Tampa, he's got experience with flying his private jet to Tampa to pick up Tom Brady. So I mean that would work out, that right? That would work out. Yeah. All right. That could be fascinating. But we're we're both in agreement that Tom Brady and I guess I'll go with you. And Aaron Rodgers will be playing elsewhere next year. Does it feel that way yes, to you? Yes, it does. It does. Does it feel that way it to does. you? It does. And boy, would that start tipping some dominoes when it comes to uh, oh my other gosh. quarterback moves around the uh, I tell you NFL. what, though. I mean, think about Like, San Francisco right now is winning with Brock Purdy. Is it sustainable? To all our 49er fans listening, is Brock Purdy sustainable? Yeah. Yeah. Here, here is the only problem you get into. Remember... They won a playoff game. Was it an NFC Championship game against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers where they threw it eight times? Bad with Jimmy weather. Garoppolo. Bad weather. No, 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 no. That what was, was that? in that was in that one was in San Francisco, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, so they won a, a it was either a divisional game or an NFC Championship game where they threw it eight times. So, I mean, San Francisco is built that way. That was in their run to the Super Bowl, the 2019 season. Um, but they're built that way. Here's the only here's the only issue that I would have with San Fran, Mike. When when you get down by 14 points or so, if you get down by double digits, then if you ask your quarterback to throw you back into a game, I think that's a problem for them. And listen, it's I, I don't even know if Brock Purdy can do that or if he can't do that. I have no idea. Um but I just I think the way they're built, the way their receivers are, I don't think they're the greatest like individual route runners. 
I think they are great at catching the ball, breaking four tackles, and taking a you know seven yard slant to a fifty two yard touchdown. And they're so good, they're so dialed in to blocking guys and hitting guys, and they're so sold out for one another with Kittle and all those guys that I think that's their strength. But if all of a sudden you're saying, "Hey, we're gonna uh, we're gonna eliminate you know play action, we're just gonna start throwing dropbacks," that's not what they do well. And so that would be. That would be the only thing. My 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 thought process with San Francisco is, uh, is they basically tell their quarterback, we don't have to win a game, but don't lose it. That's that's kind of where we are right now, and so I think I think what they're doing with the way their defense is playing, the way they run the football, the way they set up their their passing game through their run game, the way Kyle Shanahan designs things in the passing game, I think this is totally sustainable with Brock Purdy. What'd you make of uh, Jerry Rice being critical of the Forty ers for the way they're using Debo Samuel? And leading him to gain hurt. Yeah, Debo, like Debo Samuel is a football player. Um, he's not a polished route runner like Jerry Rice is. Competitive at the point of attack. Um, I tell you what, is is just a, a offensive weapon. I don't know that there's a guy I'd rather have in the league than Debo Samuel. But that's what they've done with Debo, and and that's you know where he's excelled. And it's unfortunate that he got his leg rolled up on. Like that's an unfortunate thing. Um, but, you know, that's that's the way it goes. I mean, it's football. It's a violent game. And luckily, you know, he should be back toward the end of the season. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's unfortunate. But I, I'm not going to sit there and say this is what they've been doing with him, you know, for the last couple of years. It's kind of part of their offense. Um, I'm not going to be – I'm not angry with them for, for that. Back to uh, quarterback dominoes. Could we see a quarterback on the move once he gets healthy? In Arizona, boy, that was a gut punch. Mm. Well, hold on. Let me let me address this differently. Let me set this up differently. For everybody, maybe except you, this was considered a gut punch for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray going down with a torn ACL, out for the rest of the season, probably out for a part of next season as well. They turn things over to Colt McCoy. You might be the only one in the room that thinks that this is an upgrade for the Cardinals. Now, obviously not an upgrade athletically, right? I mean, you know, you always, you always, people get angry with you. Um, but just from a operating the offense, um, being on time with the football, being on time and on target, being on schedule with the football as opposed to playing off schedule, playing on schedule. Like, it's really hard to consistently be good, uh, you know, when you're playing off schedule, when everything is a broken play, because you'll make your hand, you'll you'll make a, a handful of big plays, Mike, and it'll be exciting. It's exciting football. Don't get me wrong, but ultimately you'll put yourself in harm's way more often than not, and you'll make more mistakes than you make big plays. It's kind of like when Chip Kelly came in with the the uh, you know the hurry up you know never huddle offense type of thing that he was running, right? And the philosophy was, you know, we'll make we're gonna we're gonna make have so many plays, you know, we're gonna play eighty plays a game. There's so many plays that we'll make you'll make more mistakes than than we will and eventually we'll get you with this number of plays. That was kind of the philosophical pr- approach behind it. Well it's the NFL. You don't have eighty guys on your roster, you know, and your defense just got exhausted. I did a breakdown, it's back when I worked at ESPN, of a four-game, just a four-game kind of 
crunch or a four-game just um, compilation of, of their defense and how many plays they took. So they averaged – the average NFL game was about 60 to 63 plays of defense, 65 plays of defense. And they were – <clears throat> they were like 80 plays of defense a game because they had so many three and outs, so they were always on the football field. So over the course of a quarter of the season, back then was 16 games, so four games, you literally played five games worth of snaps. So in a 16-game season, defensively, you played 20 games. Like, it's unsustainable. And trying to play off schedule offensively, it's unsustainable. You can't play that way. So I think Colt McCoy gives them a better opportunity to stay on schedule, to run the ball a little bit more, to do some more traditional things, traditional offense, than Kyler Murray gives them. Um, so I'm not so sure that they're not going to be a more efficient offense, if you will, under Colt McCoy. Okay. All right. We'll uh, we'll watch that. Some uh, potential bulletin board material given to Jalen Hurts by Micah Parsons. So Parsons went on a podcast, Von Miller podcast, and basically said that Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback. Ouch. Those are fighting words because apparently in today's NFL, a quarterback, if you call him a system quarterback or a game manager, that's an insult. Yeah. Is it? And is Jalen Hurts a system quarterback? Well, I mean, Jalen Hurts right now is operating any system you want him to operate. Like, you look at what they do, Mike, and he is ripping people in the run game, the quarterback run game, just the regular run game, the outside, you know, pitch and and the outside pitch and toss series, the inside zone series, the inside gap series. Like, you name it, quarterback counter, quarterback power, you know, regular power, regular counter. There is not a system or a, a scheme that they can't run. The read zone stuff, you know, where you're reading a defensive end, they're excellent at it, where the quarterback has the option to hand it off or to pull it and run with it. The RPO game, the drop back game, the play action game. There ain't nothing. Like, he's, if he's a system quarterback, Mike, it's the most, it's the most diverse system in football because they can do anything and they do everything well. So I, I would tell you that Jalen Hurts probably has more on his plate than any other quarterback has on his plate because they do a lot of different things. The normally you you can't operate with that much volume and that many different that many different things that you do and they do it all well. You know, and it's all based off, you know, their O line is great and they and they run the ball really well and their run scheme is great. But um yeah, Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts is lights out, man. You got you got a guy who's got 22 touchdowns, passing, only three interceptions. Right. And then you look at uh, his his rushing totals thus far. He's um, he's what he's run for almost 700 yards. So if, sure. if he if he plays full out over these last four games, he's probably going to be over 900 yards rushing. Uh, he's got 10 rushing touchdowns. So this is a guy who who beats you multiple ways. Mm. And by the way, hey, I'm I'm fine with a system quarterback. Peyton Manning was a system quarterback. Tom Brady's a system quarterback. I don't sure. I don't consider I don't consider that an insult at all. But Hurts, Hurts is is Hurts 
is does Hertz and I guess Fields, um, maybe maybe Josh Allen, do, do they represent what's coming down the road? Maybe over the next 10, 15 years in the NFL with quarterbacks, the idea that up until this point, if you go back and look at all the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, they're pocket guys. Yeah, they're they're tall pocket guys. They don't they they've got mobility, but they're they win from the pocket yeah. most of the time. And it's been a proven model. You can win Super Bowls with those guys. We've yet to really see the running quarterback who also plays quarterback win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Even Steve Young, when Steve Young ended up winning for the 49ers, at that point he'd become a multi-time passing uh, leader right. in the in the NFL. So do do you see, if you had to put your crystal ball out there 10, 15 years from now, are we going to be seeing a lot more running quarterbacks win Super Bowls? Yeah, I mean, one, that's what's coming out of college right now. And I had talked to a, I can't remember, it was it was a head coach, it was in the last couple of weeks of doing games, who said there are eight guys, this was his estimation, eight guys in the league that can beat you from the pocket. I, I, I think you told me who that guy is. Are you okay with me saying the name? Yeah. I, I think it was Eberflus. I, I think it might have been Eberflus. In Chicago. I, but I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was. But I, whether it is or isn't, eight, eight guys right now that, that my estimation would be eight guys that could beat you from the pocket. And the rest of the guys have to have those other things. They have to have that, you know, that quarterback run aspect. They've got to have other options. Um, they just can't drop back and, you know, drop back 40 times and beat you that way. So I, I think that's pretty I think that's pretty endemic of the NFL in general, the way it is right now. And the quarterbacks you're getting are these guys that are, are great athletes that become quarterbacks. And so that's what you're getting, and you're seeing that morph. You're seeing it right before your eyes. The NFL changed to some degree in that. Uh, I want to go back to system quarterback though for a second because I think the definition, the, where it becomes, where it becomes, um, um, you know, a, a scarlet letter on your chest, where it becomes an insult, if you will, when you talk about system quarterbacks, everybody's a system quarterback, right? Everybody's got a system that they play in and that they operate in. I think sometimes it becomes a derogatory term like the crafty lefty. Right, like basically a nice way of saying you can't throw hard, right? This guy's crafty means he doesn't have a good fastball, right? Or he doesn't have a you know an electric fastball. But there's nothing wrong with systems. I think a lot of times systems, when you say you use a system quarterback, it means hey man, he can't be on the right hash and just ripping out to the left side of the football field because he doesn't have the arm talent to do that. So it's a it's more a it when you say a system quarterback, I think if you really define it in NFL terms or NFL parlance, it would be a guy doesn't have elite level arm talent or athletic talent. Okay. So then you become a systems quarterback um, to call Jalen hurts, a system quarterback. That dude has got all kinds of athleticism and all kinds of athletic talent. And he can rip the ball anywhere he wants to rip the ball. So like, that's just that, that's just a, like that doesn't mesh with the definition of a system quarterback. Everybody's a system. As a matter of fact, Aaron Rodgers winning back-to-back MVPs told me, he's like, listen, man, the one thing I had to learn to do in in Matt LaFleur's offense is let the system dictate in regular down and distance. Second down and five, the system. Go where it tells me to. Um, you know, third down and two, let the system handle it. Uh, you know, first and ten. The si- when it's third down and seven plus, now I pick my matchup and I let it rip. And I, even if, if Devontae Adams double team. That's where I'm going. 
So I, I, I think it's the way you look at what kind of quote-unquote system quarterback means. So, so I, I guess I'll break it down into three categories, what you see from, from quarterbacks now. you got your pure pocket guys who just are not a threat to, to beat you with their legs. Yeah. Then you got the pure pocket guys who do have some mobility, and when yeah. needing to run, they can, they can do something. But then you got the quarterbacks who will have maybe seven to ten designed runs set up for them. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder for that last category, is that I think it could be an effective model. I think you can win a Super Bowl with right. it. But I wonder if that's a sustainable model for that quarterback and for that team. Because right. we always talk about the idea that, boy, you know, this is our quarterback and we were, we're lucky now. We got our guy for the next 15 years, right. maybe 20 years. Yeah. But I wonder if you will see teams make that almost new deal where it's, hey, we're getting a guy, he's got a unique skill set, mm-hmm. we're going to play to it, we're going to have 8 to 10 design runs, but we understand that that might lead to a shorter shelf life, right. a shorter career for this guy. Maybe it's not yeah. going to be 15, 20 years, maybe it'll be 8 to 10 years, but that's a deal we're willing to make. Do you think I, we could be going down that road? Yeah, yeah, I think that's. I think it's interesting. I think you're right. Um, I think that's exactly what's going on right now, and I think that's what they're trying to figure out. I, I will tell you this. Hey, if Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback, then Josh Allen's a system quarterback. Because they're essentially the same guy when it comes to the way they the designed runs and scrambles. Now, Josh Allen, one thing about Josh Allen is Josh Allen at six foot five, two fifty, he tries to run dudes over. Like he's gonna have to learn eventually that you gotta slide or you gotta step out of bounds. You can't take everybody on. Uh he's physically gifted that way. He's a big, strong dude. But I think that has to change for him. And I'm sure they talk to him about that all the time. Like, man, don't put yourself in that position. If he wants to be a 15, yeah. 17-year guy. But here's what here's what you know, here's what's become apparent to me traveling around the league, calling games and talking to talking to different coaching staffs and talking to, you know, especially coaches like John Harbaugh or Matt Eberflus or or guys that have these or or even um even Nick Seriani or, you know, the guys that that have these quarterbacks that can really run. And, and do that, and that's part of the game plan. I have had multiple conversations with multiple coaches that say, my quarterback takes bigger hits in the pocket than he does running, even in designed runs. Because most of the stuff that we do is not straight downhill, belly, or, you know, dive, or, or you know, you know, 14, 15 handoff type of stuff, right? It's outside stuff. It's quarterback counter. It's quarterback power. We're capturing the edge, the read zone. Whoop! Defensive end pinches. Bam! I'm up on, you know, I'm up on the second level already, and now I'm sliding out, but I'm outside the pocket runs, and so the the premise is, you can see the hits coming, you can see where the guys are coming. You know, we're getting to the outside. You know, you have to negotiate safeties coming from that angle and a corner out there, but you can see it. It's right in front of your eyes. You're not in. You're not in taking shots in a pile, struggling for extra yards like a running back is. So most of the coaches I've talked, well, all the coaches I've talked to said my quarterback has taken bigger hits uh, inside the pocket, dropping back way bigger hits than he takes running. And so the the thought process is, and we give we give them opportunities outside, you know, the outside the the tight end box, right outside, you know, outside runs. They're they're not taking shots. They're taking way less shots than they take in the pocket, and and so that's that's the belief, or at least that's the premise that they're they're calling plays under, 
And um, and then they're you know really coaching their quarterbacks. You got to understand the, the value and the importance you have to this football team, and you you can't you can't struggle for an extra yard. Don't do this, like in, unless it's the you know last three minutes of a game, and we need you know we need a score. Don't. The other thing that that they're also doing is where it's changing for these quarterbacks is in two minutes, two minute situations, end of half, end of the game. Now we've got to design within the two-minute structure. We've got to design some QB run in there. So you've got to change your you got to change your mental focus on what two minutes has been in the past. All drop back, throw the ball, push down the field. You know the dagger routes, the dancer, the you know, all the things that you you've done your whole life. Now all of a sudden you say, hey, we got to fit in our quarterback. And go back to Chicago. It's a Thursday night game. Chicago versus Washington. Two-minute drive. Um, they call a play for the quarterback. He runs one about 60 yards. Justin Fields does. Puts them down near the goal line to win it. Throws a, a pass to Mooney who drops it on the goal line. Throws an, Like he had two drops on the goal. They could have won that game. They ended up losing to Washington in a, you know, it was like a 13-10 ball, whatever it was. That wasn't 13-10 because they would have kicked a field goal and tied it. But it, it was a close game, low-scoring game, Mike. Um, and um, and that's kind of what, what ended up happening. But learning how to call the plays and call your offense a little differently in two minutes to take advantage. Hey, man, if we're getting man-to-man coverage, like get out and go make something happen with your feet. So I guess the, the real question then is, is is the league already going that way, or does the league need to see? No, no, a, the league's a, gone that way. But do they, in order to really commit to it, do they need to see a quarterback like that, where it's design runs, mm. win it all? Because the last guy I can think of that got that close was Cam Newton, mm-hmm. and he didn't. And in his career, you know, he took right. a lot of hits, and it eventually, right, didn't it kind of fizzled out. Yeah. So does it have to does a, does a Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, um, you, you know Justin Fields type quarterback where that's the built in part of the offense? We want our quarterbacks running, or right. we're going to design those kind of plays. Do they have to win at all, or is the league already the, the, going that way? The league's already gone that way because that's the quarterbacks you're getting now. Those are the quarterbacks you're getting. I think the difference is between between. Cam Newton and the quarterbacks coming out now is when they designed runs for Cam Newton, they treated him like he was a running back. And and he acted like he was a running back. And there's a sense of pride and you know, and he was again, Cam Newton is six five, two forty five. I mean, chisel from a piece of granite. That dude has got he's amazing, athletic, you know, freak. Um, but I think what's happening now is you're going, okay, we're gonna go in this direction. We're no longer going to treat our quarterback like our quarterback is a running back in those like in those run situations. That's not the way it goes anymore. So I think I think you've seen that shift here mentally um, for what they're doing. So I, I think that's a big changeover of of this position. But that's the, that's the quarterbacks they're producing now. Mike. Yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams is is, right. is the is the talk in coming out of USC, the Heisman winner. Uh, all these quarterbacks, you're right. They're they're coming out of systems where it is the quarterback is on the move. Yeah, and the NFL is uh, adjusting accordingly. Yeah. That's the quarterbacks we're getting. Here's the here's what we're gonna do. And and listen, man, I like it's exciting right now. If you're in Chicago right now, you're excited about the quarterback and the potential of that quarterback. 
even though he's not a polished passer as of yet. He's got a, I mean, he's got a hose. He can throw it, but not polished yet from a dropback standpoint. But you can see the incremental growth. But they may not the need to become right. as polished as they, the classic. Yeah, the, the point. The point is, is you'll work on that, and it'll get better and better and better as time goes on. But we can win doing other things, and as that increases, we'll manipulate the way we call plays. All right, that does it for us. Hey, for everybody that listens to the Stink Good, uh, Stink Good podcast, uh, the Stinking Truth, we appreciate you. Um, make sure you check out our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app. Check them out at betrivers.com and also stinkinggood.com for all your green chili needs. Check us out, stinkinggood.com. For Mike, I am Mark from Millennial Ben. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll be back with you next week.